Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode of the Bear Stalk Underground is brought to you by MyBookie. This year, Turkey Day at MyBookie gives you plenty of reasons to be thankful, starting with a $250 risk-free bet on Thursday afternoon when the Dallas Cowboys host the Las Vegas Raiders. Bet the spread between the Raiders and Cowboys at MyBookie. When you win, you win, and if you don't, MyBookie will refund you up to $250. Simply put, you can't lose this bet, and that's what we call no risk all gravy. Before you get your wager in, set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using the promo code SPORTSDRINK at MyBookie. That's promo code SPORTSDRINK to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. So you won't need to break the wishbone to be the one to come out ahead. Feast risk-free on Turkey Day with MyBookie and make sure to stick around for seconds as they gear up for what should be a fun Black Friday with tons of odds boosts that will have your belly and your pockets full. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with my bookie. <laughs> What's up, guys? Here we are once again, and uh, I guess this is why they say we can't have nice things because we just we just don't know how to take care of them, man. And the nice thing would be a game where we didn't have to figure out how to stop one of the NFL's most dangerous offensive weapons in Lamar Jackson, who comes down with this virus. Uh, you know, in the middle of the week and for, you know, misses all the practice and was put on the injury report on Saturday and, and all that kind of stuff. Made the trip all the way to Chicago and we didn't know until 90 minutes before kickoff we weren't going to have to face him. And then, you know, we're, we're going to be playing against the kid who has thrown 11 passes total in the NFL in his entire one-year career, two-year career, whatever it is. It's going to be his first NFL start. It's going to be on the road against the Bears on an hour and a half's notice. I mean, I'm sure he's taking reps and practice and everything, but always under the guise that Lamar's going to play. But Lamar doesn't play, and uh, we... We don't take advantage of that. We don't take advantage of the fact that we're playing against the 32nd ranked pass defense in the NFL, 57 yards passing from Justin Fields at halftime. And I think he topped out at like 74 before leaving the game with a rib injury in the third quarter. Another nice thing that apparently we couldn't hang on to. So, yeah. The Bears choked their ass uh, once again. The defense, who played outstanding for 58 minutes, crumbles after we get the lead with for the second week in a row with a minute and 40 to go in the game we take the lead all we need the defense to do is make a stop you know and this time we made it easier on them this time the offense the offense for our opponents had to score a touchdown they didn't just have to get into field goal range to to, to tie or win the game they had to go the length of the field and score a touchdown and we made it even easier on them than we did on Pittsburgh last Monday Oh boy. So, yeah. It's yeah. So let's dig, let's get into it a little bit here. This is the uh Bear Up Bear Down episode of the Bear Stock Underground for week number 11. So let's get to it. 
With the way that the Ravens were playing all season long, these up and down performances, they seem to be one of those teams that plays up or plays down uh, to their competition, you know, where they're they're blowing out these teams that are going to be playoff contenders when it's all said and done, like the uh, like the Chargers, but then barely squeaking by past teams like the Bears, like the Lions in week number three and uh, and things like that. You just can't really get a read on this team, and yet somehow, some way, they're seven and three. And I think with the uh, with the Titans losing today, they might be back up in the hunt for number one seed uh, in the AFC right now. It, it just looked like it was possible that the Bears might have a chance to steal a game uh, against a good football team uh, in the Ravens. And then we get word 90 minutes before kickoff, Lamar Jackson isn't going to play today. He's out. This virus that's it's non-COVID related. It's just one of those bugs that circulates this time of year is really kicking his ass so much to the point he's not going to be able to go. And, you know, it's like this thing was practically gift wrapped on a bow. And so much to the point where all of a sudden the Bears had been home underdogs all week long. Once the news of Lamar Jackson coming out not playing, the Bears were all of a sudden two and a half point favorites going into the game. So, I mean, it just like it shifted from that's how much people think Lamar Jackson would have had an impact on this football game that all of a sudden removing him from the equation, even with no Khalil Mack, no Akeem Hicks, no Eddie Jackson, no Danny Trevathan on the defensive side. Now, all of a sudden, the Bears are favorites. That's how much of an impact they thought not having Lamar Jackson would have. And, and I'm sure in a way, in ways, it did. Because Tony Romo did a, did a good job of saying, like, if Lamar Jackson was here, the, he makes that throw or he, you know, the timing of the throw would have been different. He would have thrown it sooner. Uh, instead, the, the younger guy or the rookie, whatever he is, um, waited a little too long uh, to the point where now he's throwing it into traffic kind of thing. Uh, and what have you. Also, I'm sure he would have been a little bit more dangerous on the ground uh, than Huntley t- t- uh, t- uh, turned out to be, though he was fairly dangerous when he needed to be. It's just um, another r- remarkable situation where the Bears practically have this thing gift-wrapped for them and f- just found a way, you know. And, and like I said, when I was talking, to, when we were talking to Kevin Ostriker uh, on Thursday, it just... Uh, uh, as as much as I feel good about the matchup going into it, because of the way the Bears, the, because of the way the Bears played against the Steelers, have that as the lasting mark going into the bye week, and the, with how uneven the Ravens have looked, getting rolled by the Dolphins ten days ago on Thursday Night Football, uh, and all that kind of stuff. Matt Nagy, for whatever reason, I don't get it at all, just cannot figure out how to get his team ready to play football. After a bye, he just can't. You'll hear me talk about our knee-jerk reactions tomorrow. It just, (laughs) I don't know what it is. Four years as our head coach, 0-4 coming off the bye. 0-4 coming off the bye. I don't get it. I absolutely don't understand. So, because we had two weeks and all of the momentum, all of the, 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 the high spirits, the good feeling about the way Fields uh, you know, his performance against the the Steelers almost bringing us back to, to, to win it and all that kind of stuff. All of it erased by the fact that we came out as flat and unprepared looking as we possibly could have against someone who had less time than we did to get prepared for this football game. It was remarkable. Remarkable. So, 
Oh, God help us, man. I mean, it's just just over and over with this. Over and over with this. And and honestly, I I I mean, it's probably not going to happen. This was wishful thinking by us uh Bear fans. But I'd I'd like to believe after a fifth game in a row, after getting the lead for the what, third game in a row, something like that. I mean, we we, we essentially were we were a point behind with the with the 49ers, but here we are in another situation where we, we've we've taken back the momentum in the fourth. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's quarter. Third game in a row. 49ers, Steelers, now Ravens. And in the Steelers and Ravens games, we took the lead with about the same amount of time, a minute 40 to go. And for the third game in a row, the D, well, yeah, third game in a row. Fourth in the last five games. All we need to do this defense is to step up and make a stop, which with the way they played today, we absolutely thought was possible. They played outstanding football today. Six sacks. They only allowed 16 points. Well, at the time, with a minute 48 to go in the game, they had only allowed nine points, three lousy field goals. They didn't allow a touchdown. All we had just had to stand firm. And like I said, they had to score a touchdown, so they had to go the length of the field, not get in field goal range or anything like that, where with a guy like Justin Tucker, you usually get across the 50, you're in good shape. No, they have to score a touchdown. We're up 13 to 9. They have to score. They have to get in the end zone, and we made that look easier than, it, than we did the Steelers getting into field goal range against us last Monday. It's just, I, I, oh, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. So... So this is the Bear Up and Bear Down show. Let's uh, go ahead and get into this so we can get it uh, wrapped up so I can take a break, collect myself, uh, so that I can do the uh, deep dive review because I'm doing both of these shows uh, tonight. This one's coming out pretty much immediately after I record it. And uh, the Bear Up, or excuse me, the deep dive will uh, will come out first thing uh, tomorrow morning on Monday. So you probably maybe you guys are all listening to this stuff on on Monday, uh, back to back and God bless you if you are. Uh, but I'm sad that I have to ruin your Mondays with my, uh, with my foul mood over my football team, our football team, excuse me, losing their fifth straight. And for the second straight week, at least we should be talking about the bears being five and five because they beat the Steelers going into the bye and they beat the Ravens tonight 
today coming off of the bye. We should be a 500 football team. Like, never mind the fact we should have beaten the Steelers or, excuse me, beaten the 49ers. And all, never mind. Okay. Four and five at the break when the schedule came out sounded realistic to me. And, you know, winning today felt like a possibility going into the week. And then, you know, having Lamar Jackson being removed to the equation today didn't so much feel like a gimme, but it felt like it was ours to ours for the taking after that. It was just a matter of us going out and getting it. And we just we just didn't. You know, this this should have been a game when we blew the Ravens away. We really should have. With with their lack of firepower on offense with Lamar out of the equation. No Hollywood Brown uh being out there for them uh today. We should have been able to roll them. Like I said, 30 second ranked pass game, passing defense in the NFL. And uh Lamar uh excuse me, Justin Fields, fifty seven yards passing at halftime, seventy four yards passing. In into the third quarter. So, yeah. Anyway, so let's start in with this uh, this bear up, bear down stuff. And um, I, <laughs> you'll like this one. Uh, uh, bear up to Darnell Mooney. Five catches, 121 yards. Uh, that 60-yard touchdown pass from uh, from Andy Dalton, which was uh, uh, kind of reminiscent of the Rodney Adams play in the preseason, where. Yeah, Andy Dalton got the ball there, but it was Rodney Adams that made the play. Rodney Adams that stayed on his feet and ran it in for a touchdown. Yes, Andy Dalton threw the ball to Darnell Mooney, but it was more like a one and a half, one to one to two yard swing pass, and Darnell Mooney did the rest. And color me blown away by the fact that for the first time in a very long time, we threw one of those wide receiver quick screens out into the into the flat. And we actually blocked it. Jesse James was out there. Uh, I don't know who, maybe it was Goodwin, who the other receiver was out wide. Both of them got their defenders. Darnell Mooney shot right between the two of them, made a guy miss, ran it in for a touchdown. I mean, that's how those plays are supposed to go. That's how they're written up. Get that guy, especially Mooney with his speed, get him out into the open and great things will happen. Well, 99 times out of 100, he would never make it past the first row of defenders. He would have been lucky to get it back to the line of scrimmage with the way that we blocked those uh, in the past. So um, outstanding uh, from Mooney. Like I said, five catches, 121 yards. Here's the flip side of it, though. Bear down, Darnell Mooney. Five catches on 16 targets in this game. Now, granted, I'll talk about this more uh, in the uh, review episode tomorrow. But, um, you know... Kevin Ostriker talked about it and talking about how, um, you know, rookie quarterbacks do not do well against the Ravens defense or, you know, in their first appearance, if you will. Um, and Justin Fields was definitely struggling uh, in this game. He was like seven for 19 or something like that. Only 74 yards uh, in the football game had been sacked a couple of times before he left with the uh, rib injury. But, uh, you know, so he was not on target. Andy Dalton was kind of rusty coming off the bench in the beginning. So of those 16 targets, he made five catches, which meant 11 targets that went, you know, incomplete. And I would say at least four of them, maybe five, were bad throws. 
So that leaves about five or six on the on the you know on the score charge that were Mooney dropping the ball. So, you know, uh, as as much as we struggled, I think we could have done a lot better if Mooney would just catch the damn ball. Now, granted, you know, I said um, Justin Fields wasn't throwing the ball well today. Andy Dalton was struggling a little bit there early on, but more times than not, the ball was there. And it hit Mooney in the hands, and you got to catch the ball. You got to catch the ball. So, yeah. So, I mean, as, as well as we were doing down the stretch, we would have done so much better if Mooney would have caught the ball that actually hit him in the hands. And he's done that a few times this year. So it's not like something that's been, uh, you know, that was just an epidemic for him today. This is something that he struggled with all year long at times, just dropping passes. You know, it actually cost, uh, you know, um, Fields a couple of interceptions this year going off of Mooney's hands. So, you know, overall, I mean, the bear up outweighs the bear down by a, by a mile. It's just something I thought I, I had to mention. 16 targets, only five catches, and he got 121 yards on the five catches. I mean, come on. Imagine what he could have done if he'd have caught 10 or 11 balls today. You know, if you'd have caught the ones that hit him in the hands, we're talking about an 11-12 catch day. We could be talking about the 200-yard receiving day for Darnell Mooney. But instead, he only caught five passes for 121 yards, which is why I had to go with the bear down because who knows what kind of day he actually ends up with if he catches the ones that actually hit him in the hands. Unbelievable. You know, would have been uh, even an insane statistical day for him if he does catch those balls. So... Uh, like I said, the the bear up far outweighs um, what he wasn't able to do today. It was just something that stuck out huge when I was looking at the stats after the game. So, uh, bear up, Marquise Goodwin, four catches over 100 yards, and what was supposed, to, what should have been the game winning touchdown at the end on fourth and 11, put a double move on the kid. Had the one, I mean, the Bears had the matchup they wanted. They had a one on one on the outside. Uh, with a, like a zero blitz kind of coming on it. So it was like an all-or-nothing type play on 4th and 11. The Bears picked up the blitz. Dalton found Goodwin. Goodwin had him beat by about five yards, caught the ball, ran it in for a touchdown. And I also think I also think that that because I know John Harbaugh is a fantastic coach, or you know, also is Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator, I have a feeling that they said if they beat us, you know, if they just happen, because it was a nine to seven football game. So the Bears are all we need is a field goal. The touchdown was gravy. I'm guessing, I would think, because of the effort that the DB put in after Marquise Goodwin caught the caught the pass, it didn't look like he was trying to run Marquise down. And I don't think it was because he was beat. I think they may have told the defenders, if you get beat deep, let him go, let him score. And we'll, you know, we'll go. I, maybe I'm talking out of my ass here, but I just, it just didn't look like the defender was giving much of an effort to try to catch Marquise Goodwin uh, after he caught the pass. Like he was running after him because that's what you do. I don't think he was actually trying to catch him. And I'm, I think maybe he was doing that because that's what he was told. If you get beat deep and they catch the ball, just let him go. Let him score. We've got two timeouts. We have over a minute and a half left. You know, because if you tackle him, let's say he catches the ball, you tackle him, they're in field goal range. 
they can bleed the clock down, kick the field goal. We've got nothing to work with kind of thing. You know, I, I think it was a strategy. Like, if you get beat, that's why they sold out on the play. It was going to be an all-or-nothing thing. If the Bears get the first down or if they score uh, or whatever, then we've got two ty- two, turn- uh, two timeouts. we got a minute and a half or, or more uh, to take the ball down and, and, you know, do something with it uh, kind of thing. I really do think the Ravens said to let them score. If you get beat, let them score. Because I, I, I really don't like go. I went back and they, they showed the replay a couple of times. And it's like, I don't think that guy was trying to run. That, that was guy was trying to catch Marquise Goodwin. I don't think he would have been able to, but it didn't look like he was putting much of an effort into it. Just my own little conspiracy theory here. But, um, you know, I, I think maybe that they were told if, if you get beat, if this happens, let him score. We've got two timeouts. We've got a minute 40 to go or, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll take that and go back the other way and, and try to win the game. So, yeah, I, I honestly think that well, I think the kind of coach that John Harbaugh is, I think they actually prepared for that. Like if they if they you know if we get beat, let them score, and we'll go from there. So, call me crazy, but it just that's just what it felt like to me. But bear up to Marquise Goodwin. He made the he made the move. He got himself open. He made the catch. Because he had to lean back a little bit for it. So it wasn't the easiest of catches. Uh, not the hardest, though, but not the easiest. He had to lean just a little bit. There was a little margin of error there. Makes the catch, runs it in for a touchdown. And the Bears temporarily have the 13-9 to lead. Still don't know why we went for two in that space. I mean, I, I guess maybe it's because the, you know, if we go for two, then it's 15-9. to So even if the Ravens score a touchdown, then they have to kick the extra point to take the lead but they have Justin Tucker so what's the difference that guy doesn't miss or it's of you know you're, you're asking for a one in a million thing in that situation just kick the extra point so I, I didn't get that part about the because we're up by four 13 to nine and if we get it where it was a difference between being up five 14 to nine or 15 to nine it didn't it just didn't make sense to me so I mean, you can tell me. You, because Nagy talked about it after the game. Um, it was the difference about whether or not we wanted to be up by five or by six. Like, well, yeah, at the end of it, you were up by neither. You're up by four. So, anyway, bear up, Marquise Goodwin. Uh, bear down. Justin Fields did not have a good day today. Uh, was off target. Seemed like he was a little impatient uh, in the pocket. Like I, I would never accuse uh, of Fields. I, he's 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 too cool under pressure, kind of thing. So I, I I would I would call it more impatience than I would um, happy feet or you know whatever you want to call it, seeing ghosts and uh, whatnot. But um, you know he didn't. He was off target a lot uh, today, and I, I guess it was just another one of those you know rookie quarterbacks falling victim to the Ravens defense or Wink Martindale or, or you know what have you. Because uh, it definitely fit in line with that. I mean, especially since when Fields went out, Andy Dalton came in, all of a sudden the offense is cooking a little bit better uh, than it was. You got a guy out there who's faced this defense quite a few times, twice a year for the first 10 years of his career uh, kind of thing. So that kind of fell in line with the narrative that, uh, you know, the Ravens are really good against good rookie quarterbacks. And, um, you know, it's like, but once you've seen them a couple of times, then you're, then you'll be more comfortable. So I look forward to the rematch in 2025 when Justin Fields can, uh, you know, exact his revenge 
uh, on the Ravens. He just didn't have a good day throwing the ball today. Um, you know, he didn't look good. And it was almost like uh, that Monday night game didn't happen, or at least the, the, men, the momentum didn't get carried in. And I actually put that more on the coaching. Uh, we'll talk about that here in a minute. But, um, you know, I had to make note of that. Also, I had to make note Cairo Santos. He uh, finally uh, legitimately missed the field goal today um, at the end of our first drive uh, of the game. Hooked one left from about 40 yards out. So uh, to me, that's like now the, the record is officially broken. Missing the 55-yard the 65 yard field goal uh, outdoors in Heinz Field, which is like Soldier Field East as far as like how kickers hate kicking that uh, stadium uh, and whatnot, didn't really count because that was, a, you know, basically a Hail Mary type kick. The percentage was like zero of him making that kick uh, against the Steelers. But so today he missed that field goal. And what was the... What was the deficit at the end? Three points. <laughs> it's like, you know, he makes that kick. It's a different, who knows? You know, I'm sure the game goes completely different. But, uh, you know, at least we're going to overtime as opposed to uh, losing the game by uh, three points. So let's not make this an epidemic now. You went over a calendar year before you missed a kick. You made some pretty big kicks in that process. So let's not turn this into a thing. Uh, let's get back on the horse next week uh, or, you know, later this week on Thursday against the uh, against the Lions. Perfect environment, indoors, no wind, no weather conditions to speak of. Put the ball through the uprights. Let's not make this a thing. So, uh, bear up. Travis Gibson. Travis, excuse me. Travis Gibson, um, who I guess has been elevated as uh, as our as our other Edge rusher, our other starting outside linebacker now that Khalil Mack is done for the season. Uh, damn it. That one sucks, man. But um, had a sack today, was uh, doing a great job coming off the edge. Um, I think he may have been responsible for up to two sacks uh, today, but he has really been stepping up uh, this year. I was a little disappointed in his performance against the Steelers on Monday Night Football, but he really uh, he came, uh, he came out playing today. He looked really good. Uh, against the Ravens, so I wanted to make note of that. And, uh, you know, I thought he did an outstanding job uh, today. Uh, speaking of Gibsons, bear up to Sean Gibson. I mean, you know, we've given him enough shit over the, over the course of this season. Uh, the plays that he's made, some of his poor tackling efforts, getting beat uh, in coverage. The interception that he made today was outstanding for two reasons. Number one, it was a really great heads-up play uh, on his part. He had outstanding coverage on Andrews, the tight end, uh, for the Ravens. And it was heads-up in the fact that the ball was kind of rolling around, and he just he held on to it. He went in there, kind of uh, you know, took it out of his hands and never let it touch the ground, so the Bears were able to steal a possession. Offensively, we didn't do a damn thing with it. I'm pretty sure we went three and out uh, after it. But uh, the fact that, A, he made that outstanding play, and two, it ended, or B, I should say, I said A, then two, <laughs> B, it uh, was our first defensive takeaway since the Raider game when um, DeAndre Houston Carson uh, picked off Derek Carr. So our first defensive takeaway in six weeks. So, Yeah. That uh, deserves a popping of the cork because it's been that long. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's 
Uh, but it was a, a great heads-up play by uh, Gibson. It killed a promising drive for the Ravens in a game where points were at a premium. They were at least going to be in field goal range if that uh, pass was completed. Instead, it was our ball going back the other way. So bear up to um, Marquise Goodwin. And let me see. What else do we have? Okay, one more, and then we'll get to the top bear up and the uh, top bear down, if you will. Uh, bear up to Roquan Smith. The guy was absolutely everywhere uh, today, making tackles all over the field. He was blitzing the quarterback, uh, just being a total menace uh, to the Ravens' defense uh, today. And overall, I think the Ravens only had about 260 yards uh, of total offense, which is outstanding, especially with the way the defense has played uh, as of late. Uh, and um, they did show a shot of him on the sideline after Ravens scored the touchdown that would put them ahead, and it's as mad as I've ever seen him, which I also appreciated uh, as well, because this is also the guy that will go in there, and I don't know if he's talked to the media today. I'm sure he did because he always does, but you know, this is a guy that, that will always go out there and, and basically apologize for the defense. He's the, he's the middle linebacker, so he's the, he's the, the leader of the defense. I'm pretty sure he's the one wearing the wearing the sticker on the helmet, so he's getting the calls and making the calls uh, and everything. And and like I've said, this is a pattern that's been growing with this team, going back to the Packer game. You know, we we, we pull it within 17-14. We just need one stop. Boom, we give up a touchdown that uh, you know makes take puts the game out of reach. Uh, you know, fast forward past the Tampa Bay game to the 49er game. Justin Fields makes that bananas touchdown run to make it 23-22. to All we need is the defense to get a stop, to get the ball back in the rookie's hands with all the momentum on our side. Instead, we give up a five-play, 75-yard touchdown drive. Ball game over. Fast forward one week later to Monday Night Football against the Steelers. Justin Fields, we were down 20 to 6 at one point. We take it and make it take the take the lead 27-26. Minute 40 to go. Just got to make a stop. Keep the ball out of field goal range for the Steelers. We win. Going into the bye with um, with momentum, with a victory, the whole nine yards. Instead, we basically just step out of Pittsburgh's way as they get down to the uh, into field goal range, put it through the uprights, and, and win the football game. And then again today, fourth and 11, we pull off the miracle touchdown pass to Marquise Goodwin. We take the lead. Just make a stop. Just make a stop. When we when they played so well, they gave up three field goals in the football game. You know, they gave up three field goals. They were terrible on third down. I also have that listed here. Bear down, third down defense. Seven for 16 on third down the Ravens were. And it always seemed like they got the third downs that were like, oh, third and 10. So we would kick ass on first and second down, and then we'd be a swinging gate on third down. It would just make me nuts when the Bears do that. Seven for 16 is terrible. And, you know, but once again, here we are. We've got the lead. The The offense did the hard part and got the lead back for us. Now we just need you to do what you've been doing all day. Keep the Ravens out of the end zone. Keep them out of the end zone. Do what you've been doing all day. And instead... When it counted, when we needed it the most, defense let us down again. So, despite all that, Roquan was the best player on the field today, most of the day, uh, except for this other guy that we'll talk about here in a minute. And um, 
you know, it just uh, is another disappointment from the defense. But Roquan had 11 tackles at halftime, so I'm sure he was somewhere in the teens by the time it was all said and done. So just another outstanding performance uh, for Roquan. All right, let's take a quick break. Give ear to our sponsors for a moment. We'll come back with our top bear up, our top bear down, and our least valuable bear since we lost today. <laughs> this episode of the Bear Stalk Underground is brought to you by my bookie. This year, Turkey Day at MyBookie gives you plenty of reasons to be thankful, starting with a $250 risk-free bet on Thursday afternoon when the Dallas Cowboys host the Las Vegas Raiders. Bet the spread between the Raiders and Cowboys at MyBookie. When you win, you win, and if you don't, MyBookie will refund you up to $250. Simply put, you can't lose this bet, and that's what we call no risk all gravy. Before you get your wager in, set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using the promo code SPORTSDRINK at MyBookie. That's promo code SPORTSDRINK to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. So you won't need to break the wishbone to be the one to come out ahead. Feast risk-free on Turkey Day with MyBookie and make sure to stick around for seconds as they gear up for what should be a fun Black Friday with tons of odds boosts that will have your belly and your pockets full. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with my bookie. <laughs> this episode is also brought to you by Symbol. Symbol is the sports stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First, every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash win payout. Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for a profit. Use promo code SD as in sports drink to make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. <laughs> this episode is also brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Guys, the Spotify Green Room is a live, audio-only sports talk platform. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Get in on the conversation that you listen to here every single day and have a chance to be featured on your favorite podcast like this one. Download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join my group. Follow me at Larry D-E-E. It's, uh, I don't know why they didn't let me use D period, but they didn't. So follow me at Larry D-E-E to be notified when my room goes live every Wednesday, 7 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, and join me when we go live every Wednesday night at Club 34-7. <laughs> you know what? Instead of doing this as a uh, top bear down and, and, you know, top bear up, let's just go ahead and call it what it was, as it was our most valuable bear versus our least valuable bear. First of all, I forgot to add, I can't believe I did this, Forgot to add Andy Dalton to the bear up list. Uh, comes in off the bench. Quarter and a half, uh, you know, first action since, well, technically since October when he came in for about five plays when Justin Fields gave us all the scare of our lives with that uh, nasty knee buckle that he had against the uh, Raiders. But his first, you know, real, real game action or extensive game action since week two when he gave us all a scare with his knee buckle uh, against the Bengals and uh, comes off the bench 200 yards passing, two touchdowns, uh, what should have been the game-winning throw uh, to Marquise Goodwin. The ball was right where it needed to be uh, and everything. Like I said, he was kind of rusty at times, uh, showing that he, you know, he hadn't played in quite some time uh, and what have you. But uh, otherwise, he got the job done, guys. He really did. 
And, um, you know, it's unfortunate that the, the last member we have of this game is him getting sacked, which sadly is not his fault. Um, because we're, you know, facing a three-man what rush because the Ravens were dropping everybody to get ready for a Hail Mary. And our, our you know, pass catchers couldn't even get down the field uh, to, to, so that we could even attempt to throw. Uh, instead, you know, Larry Borum, unfortunately, gets beat off the edge for the sack and ball game over. But um, bear up to Andy Dalton. Sorry, I forgot about that. Let's just call it our most valuable bear and our least valuable bear. Uh, as good as Rokon Smith was, um, the guy that I give the most credit for on the defensive side is Robert Quinn. You know, it, it's um, I, I honestly did not expect Robert Quinn to keep being Robert Quinn. Why? Because there's no more Khalil Mack for the rest of the season. And because we've seen what that looks like for the last two weeks. And, you know, Robert Quinn will make a play here and there. But ultimately... Um, because he's not getting it. I mean, it's the same thing that's played Khalil Mack um, since 2018, since after 2018. Uh, in 2019, 2020, they just load up the side uh, against uh, Khalil on one end, and you know his bookend on the other side was causing no trouble. So no real, no real needs, you know, no real reason to have to to not triple team Khalil Mack on the on one side because you know we 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 got to, we don't have to worry about the other guy. And, and I thought that uh, Robert Quinn might fall victim uh, to that. But instead, he had two sacks uh, in the first half. He was disruptive uh, in the running game uh, as well. He's making plays downfield and, uh, and things like that. I just thought he was fantastic. And I hope it's a, a sign of things to come. Like, he's, he's stepping up. I was talking to my, my stepmom before the game uh, today, and she was saying that Robert Quinn would need to step up. And I was like, actually, I think – that Travis Gibson, I think that uh, Cassius Marsh, I think that uh, you know now Ladarius Mack uh, has been brought up to the to the main roster, and uh, Bruce Irwin, Bruce, Bruce Irvin, when he gets a chance to play, those are the guys that need to step up because with Mack out, Quinn is the target, so he'll be the one that's facing double teams, and it will be up to those other guys in Travis Gibson and Cassius Marsh and all those other guys on the other side to take advantage of their one-on-one matchups and start winning them so they can't double-team Robert Quinn anymore. We have to play, we have to be as equal in, in, in our pass protections and, and whatnot. We can't waste double and triple teams on Quinn because Marsh and Gibson and those other guys on the other side will make us pay for it. So we got to be straight up with these guys or you know what have you. So I thought it would be up to them to step up. Now, granted, Gibson did step up today. We saw some good things uh, from him. But uh, it was Robert Quinn that set the tone. Like from the beginning, he was the one making plays uh, today. So bear up to our most valuable bear today, Robert Quinn. And finally, since this was a bad loss uh, for the Bears, we'll end this on a bad note with our least valuable bear, Kendall Vildor. Bear down to Kendall Vildor, uh, the least valuable bear for week number 11. Not only is he being exploited on that other side, uh, you know, they're taking full advantage of his uh, inability to make a play when they need to. He basically got the Ravens rolling on that last drive. And God bless him, man. My heart goes out to him. It really does because they showed him on the sidelines um, when the Bears had the ball trying to, you know, make a miracle 
there at the end, sitting there on the bench, head in his hands. You know, my, my heart breaks for him. It really does. But, you know, this is this, – he wouldn't feel bad if he made the plays. I mean, not to be uh, – sorry to be a dick about it, but that's the truth. If he had made the plays right there or, in most cases, not made the plays that he made – because we were hearing about Kendall Vildor all day today because he got flagged twice for pass interference and it helped extend drives for the Ravens. Uh, like I said, it, it got the Ravens going in the on their final drive. It gave them about like out of I I don't know what how long the uh, the the penalty was actually for, but it actually should have been picked off by Deion Bush. He actually dropped the football. But instead, it, at the very least, it should have been an incomplete pass because Deion Bush was there. He would have made the play uh, on the ball uh, you know, or would have stopped Mark Edwards from catching it. The, the pass is off target as well because uh, you know, Deion Bush was, was, there gonna make the, was there to make the interception. That should have been it. That should have been the ball game. But uh, instead, it's a spot foul because Vildor was pulling and yanking and hanging off of uh, the receiver. And uh, so it's a spot file, and right where uh, Deion Bush dropped the football, that's where the penalty was, and uh, that got the Ravens going. And, uh, you know, a minute or so later, they're running the ball into the end zone, taking the lead, and winning the football game. And, uh, you know, it was a, a handful of plays like that today from Vildor that killed the Bears. And it just... Every time he had one of those penalties, it was in, the, in, in just the timing of it. There's never really a great time to have one of those penalties because it basically resets the clock for the offense. You know, because it's, it's an automatic first down. It's spot foul, so wherever you were down the field, there's, that's where the ball is going to be uh, and all that kind of stuff. It's basically a clean slate for the offense to start over, and he gave that to the Ravens a couple of times today and in some really bad situations. So... You know, we, we saw a lot of promising things from him last year, and he's done well enough to be our number two corner. But uh, he's playing himself out of a job. If the Bears had anybody to replace him with, I'm sure they would have by now. I don't know what the hell's going on with Artie Burns. This is a former first-round pick that can't unseed a fifth-round fifth round pick who's not playing well. What the hell's going on with Artie Burns? But he's been inactive for every single game. This year, every single one hasn't played a snap for the Bears yet. So, I mean, to, you know, combine that with the torn ACL he's had. He's played for the Bears for two full seasons almost. Hasn't played it down for us yet. So, yeah. Anyway, but like I said, I, I felt terrible for uh, Kendall because it's obvious that he cares because <laughs> he was in a bad, bad way on the sidelines, uh, you know, in the uh, one the Bears were trying to pull off another uh, miracle there at the end that fell short but uh, it is what it is man he uh, he made the mistakes and um, you know these are the consequences you get called out for it so I want him to play better I'm rooting for him but uh, it, it was what it was today and uh, he cost us in those in those moments today so bear down to Kindleville door the least valuable bear for week number 11 and that is going to do it for the bear up bear down show guys Come on back tomorrow or go ahead and listen to the next episode if you're listening to them both on Monday. We'll do the deep dive review. We'll, we'll, deep into, we'll dig into a little further analysis. And we'll also have um, knee-jerk reactions uh, to talk about uh, as well. So come on back for that. 
And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bear Stock Underground.